some alone time with the Lord and just enjoying his presence. I always enjoy his presence, and I'm sure most of you do. Um, I remember the times where I didn't know what his presence was really all about. And uh, I just really thank God for it now. Uh, I hope I never get to the place where I don't enjoy it. But anyway, I was doing that this morning, and the Lord just dropped a scripture verse into my heart. And the scripture verse, and that's not what I'm going to preach on, but he dropped it into my heart and said, share it with them this morning. It's one that they know, but I just want you to share it with them, and then I want you to say this and then say no more. And, uh, you know, that's awful hard sometimes to be a preacher because you want to say more. And before I say that, thank you for all of the people who uh, showed up and showed out Thursday night uh, standing up for what we need to stand up for. There's a lot of people that don't understand why we need to vote on something that's already a law. And although that some people say we, we need to do this, and it's true, so that this amendment will pass so that it will not be able to be voted out by some judge. And I, under, I understand that's true. But even if you don't even understand all of that, the very reason that it's out there, the very reason that it's out there, we don't have a choice but to vote. I mean, because not to vote is voting against it. And you say, well, how important is it? I've heard a lot of people ask that question. Well, the Bible being taken out of school was bad. But can I say this to you? In comparison, this is far worse. Why would you say? Because this has scriptural basis on it. It doesn't say in the Bible anywhere that prayer should be in schools although we know it should be, but it's not a biblical principle. Prayer should be done by Christians anywhere, any place. But this is a biblical principle. This is something that God has instituted, not you and not you and not you and not me. It's something that he has placed into being. Now, we've, we've, we've quoted the scripture verse, and now we have an opportunity to do something. And he, Paul said this, although I walk in the flesh, I do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of my warfare is not carnal, but it's mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that has been exalted above God. This is an opportunity where we have an opportunity to tear down, literally cast down something that has been exalted against God. It's not against can I say this to you? This is not against people. Now, sometimes when you stand up for principles for God, people are going to think you're standing against them. You're not standing against people. You're standing for what is right. God did this, and God's giving us an opportunity as people to show that we, are, we believe in what he has written in the Bible. Regardless of political stand, regardless of anything else, that's the reason why we are to do what we do. Okay, I'm not much of a politician, and I'm not much of a speaker in that area, but when God gives me the ammunition, I just say it the way he does, and then we continue on. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe. 
and you're sitting there saying, I hope you know where you're supposed to be. Well, I do know where I'm supposed to be. Okay. God has uh, given me, uh, as a pastor, an agenda. And he's given me 12 to 14 months to do it. I've shared this with a few, and now I'm going to share a little bit of it with you. Now, don't read into anything other than that, that God has given me something to do, and he's given me a period of 12 to 14 months to do it. Why do you say 12 or 14 months? Well, two months have already gone, and now I've got 12 more. And, uh, uh, and, and as, as he has spoken to my heart about this, he said, I'm going to direct you exactly how you are to do this, because if you were to do it all at one time, it would scare people. So I don't like to scare people. Well, yeah, I do like to scare people. I mean, I mean, if you're, if, if I find out you're in the church and the lights are all out, I want to stand in a dark doorway and I'm going to scare you as you come by. I've done that to several people. I've done it to Luke, you know, and I've done it to Trevor and I've done it to many others. I do like doing that. <clears throat> well, do you like being scared? It's kind of fun. It gives you a, to test whether your heart is, or, you know, how it is. It's kind of a stress test. Uh, but but this, is what, this is why I have been speaking on this particular subject now for such a long time. Now, you may get tired of hearing it and, and decide you want to go somewhere else. Well, that's okay. God will bring some other people in and they will listen to it. But God is just saying you need to ch- change your personal mindset and you need to change the mindset of my people. That we can no longer just do church. We've got to be the church. Now, now... We're trying to change something that has been into being since Constantine. Is that right? Constantine, is that right? Was, was the emperor in Rome. That's when it all started, as we know it today. And, and, and we've got so accustomed to doing things a certain way that, that it's hard for us to break out of that. Most of us are so accustomed to coming in here on a giving Sunday and hearing me preach. I don't, I don't, hey, listen, that's okay. I enjoy preaching or teaching or whatever you call that I do. I enjoy doing this, and I'm going to enjoy doing it until he says don't do it anymore. And if he says don't do it tomorrow, then he would be kind of going against his own word when he's given me 14 months to do something. So, uh, uh, but anyway, he said, you know, just because you've been doing it this way and you've been doing it this way and you've been doing this way, it doesn't mean that's exactly what I want to be happening. Doing church is wonderful. It's wonderful to come in here and praise God on Sunday morning, is it not? I mean, I enjoy it. And by the way, I've got to speak to all you youth. I can't let you go today until I pray for you. Okay? I just can't let you go today until I pray for you. I don't want to scare you, but I'm going to pray for you. Individually. Because God's got something special for you to do in what I've been trying to say to you for the last several weeks and months. Some of you already started doing it. But anyway, wherever I was before I diverted over to here, uh, uh, just because we've been doing this and coming to church, it doesn't mean this is what God is. And he's been blessing this. But it's not reaching a lost world. (laughs) 
But you said, well, Brother Morrison, there's churches in this community that are in the thousands and in the state that's in the thousands, and we've got them in Texas that are 40,000. But most of the growth there is people who have come from other churches. Most of the meetings that we have today, uh, special meetings, special revivals, and special things like that, is Christians. Now, they're hearing the word and they're experiencing great things from God, but we're not reaching a world. That's lost. The church is decreasing instead of increasing. It's not only decreasing in numbers, but it's decreasing in its effect upon the community in which it lives. So when I'm standing here talking to you this morning about we need to change the mindset, when I say it's really easy to say that we, gotta, we, we, we can continue on doing this on Sunday morning, but what we really got to do is be the church on, from, from Sunday to the rest of the week. It's easy to say that, but it's hard to live out because we're so accustomed of doing what we've been doing for years. We have literally got to break some habits. I, I submit to you this morning as I stand before you, there is a need to be delivered from alcohol. There is a, a, a need to be delivered from uh, uh, drugs and, and sexual perversion. There is that need, but there's also a need in the church to be delivered from the mindset of just doing church. And leaving it up to some dude or dudette or doulies to stand up there and either praise God or preach leaving it up to somebody up here to do everything, and we come to hear what he has to or she has to say, and that's it. Because as long as we leave it just up to some individual or individuals who stand behind pulpits and podiums to do the work, it's never going to accomplish the Great Commission. Hello? What we've done, we've hired mercenaries to do our job for us. I'm, I'm being quiet, not because I have forgot again, because I'm taking new medicine right now. No, no, no. I'm drinking new water right now, and boy, my memory has just kind of expanded. But anyway, I'm letting you think about that. You, this group right here sits here every Sunday and looks towards here. This group right here looks towards here. This group, wait, I'm, I can't, I'm not going to run over there, looks towards here. And although it's wonderful to have somebody here, but the key is all of us. So the mindset, the thing we've got to do, we've got to change our direction. I've got to somehow convince you all that when you leave here, you've got a portable pulpit. And people need to hear what you're saying behind it. Because I'm not going to reach this community, but you are. And we are together. Amen? I, I know that you're tired of hearing this, but you might as well just kind of take some fresh water when you come in here because you're going to continue to hear it until we do it. And if you do it, I'll change. If you do it, I'll change. So what, the lost world is not looking for to come to a place that has a lot of people in it that are excited. The lost world is looking for something in someone that's authentic. 
The church is looking for excitement. The church is looking for noise. The church is looking for the who's got the best show going on. But the world is looking for something that's authentic. Something that can help them in their daily walk of life. Folks, I am telling you things right from the throne room of God. And every one of you should hear this this morning. Because there's people that come into your life that they'll never know what's authentic unless you are able to show it to them. The church is always going to have its little things that it does, and it does, and it's good. It's satisfying. It's helping people. But I'm talking about helping those who are going to hell. I cannot, you cannot bring people in here and expect me to do what God wants to do through you. All of us are to be involved in, to quote a thing that we're reading about, and I just kind of grabbed a hold of it this past week. You've been talking about it, and you've mentioned it. We all got to be missional in our thinking. See, for long, it was just one man doing this, and then we get praise teams, and so that brought it up there. But it was still coming out where there's 20% of the people, 20% doing what the 80% aren't doing, so the 80% needs to do it all. I need to get you involved. And all I can do is to tell you, folks, if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. So last week we, we said that part of the thing that God wants to do to help us to realize, to get something authentic, is to realize that each and every one of us as born-again children of God have a spring within inside of us. How many remember last week's message? Oh, Lord Jesus. You better say something, because you say a lot. I'm, I'm not picking on him, but he does a lot, so he, you know, he... Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> it's either him or you, Joy, and I'll pick on him. <laughs> Seriously? That's all that remembered last week's message? You guys are paying me entirely too much. <laughs> I'm serious. I will ask it again. I'm serious. If that's all that remembered last week's message, then you've got a failure standing behind the pulpit. I'm not just up here lecturing. I'm giving what God's given me to give to you. Because if God would release me, I'd be gone. Because I could be, oh, Fred, you almost stepped along. I know I did, Lord, but you just stopped me, Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. I love you. Okay, here we go. Last week I went on this long discourse and talked about the world needed something authentic and God gave something to us and he placed within us in our hearts springs of living water. How many remember that? We're getting better. Anyway, I not only heard it, I have been experiencing it. Because I believe that God put springs of living water to not only to come out and refresh me, but also to bring refreshment to others. Now, that's what I spoke on last week. Well, 
Seems that one didn't go off as good as I wanted it to. We're going to go to point number two. I'm just joking partially. I don't think of myself as a failure. You can't be a failure in doing what God has asked you to do. You know, I'm just, was just, what were you doing? I was just trying to put a whole lot of guilt on you. Second <laughs> uh, Corinthians. I'm sitting there Wednesday, and uh, I'm not going to ask the Wednesday crowd how many heard Wednesday night's message. I kind of probably would be even more discouraged. But anyway, Wednesday, God gave me this message to preach, and the message that he got me to preach on or to teach on was in the areas of righteousness. But the whole thing about this, I don't know how many of you, how many of, I don't know how many of you feel this way, but I feel this way. I, 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 do, I feel right now as I stand before you that I'm in right standing with God. It wasn't always that way. <laughs> Back in 1962, I was a teenager, 17, 18 years old. I came into church, and I was full of pornography, full of alcohol, full of all that junk, and I'm not going to go into detail. But I came in there in 1962 full of all that. Then I got saved, and I walked out of that building in right standing with God. <laughs> you see, because I never could do enough. I could never do enough to be in right standing with God. I needed someone to do it for me. Jesus did it for me. And I thank God for that. Amen? I mean, I'm, I'm serious about that. I'm not cocky. My Lord, if you think I'm cocky, you're dumb. I'm standing here this morning in right standing with God because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary, and I'm going to live like it and act like it because that's who I are. Anyway, in finishing up that up and getting all of that ready to go for Wednesday, God dropped this into my spirit for this morning. Now, and you say, oh, you're always talking about God dropping things into your spirit. You've got to be thankful he's dropping stuff into my spirit. You know? I mean, you ought to be happy about that. But anyway, he dropped this into my spirit. And when he dropped it into my spirit, he says, you are my translation. Now, I know I said that Wednesday night. You remembered it, didn't you? Anyway, you are my translation. Well, I begin to think about that. Think about it. Yeah, that does hurt. But in that, I remember when I was 17 or 18 years old, when I first got saved, I started reading the Bible and couldn't understand a lick. All we had back then was the King James Version. Now, that's all we had in Maine. I don't know what they had in North Carolina. Maine's always been behind times. We were the last state to get a McDonald's. You know, so, I mean, we've just been kind of behind the times, but... Because you really don't need McDonald's up in the northern part of Maine. And the only reason that they got McDonald's up in the northern part of Maine is because people came in from other parts of the country and they wanted a McDonald's. And all of a sudden they start showing up with the McDonald's and, and people in Maine just kind of look and goes, it's not going to last. Well, it, they have. But anyway, I went to church, and here was the King James Version, and I started reading that. Well, I did understand Genesis 1, chapter 1, and Genesis chapter 2 because it had to do with creation. I understood that. But then you get into some of this other stuff in the Bible, I could not understand it. So I just said to someone, I don't understand it. Well, I had these people in the church back then, well, you have just got to do it because it, it is the Word of God, the King James Version, as if he's the one that, come up with a whole idea. And then somebody in the church come up to me and says, why don't you go get you an amplified version? 
I said, cool. So I went and got an amplified version. And then some people heard that I had one, and they were happy that I had one. And some people heard that I had one, and they began to kind of look down upon me because I had something other than the King James Version. But something was beginning to happen. I was beginning to understand the Word of God. It brought it down into terms that related to me. You know, and it was kind of an amazing thing. I found myself growing better than the people who were staying in a rut saying, I will never have one of those. Well, anything that will bring enlightenment to this has got to be good. That opens it up and it reveals it to your spirit and to your soul because this is the word of God. And I want to know it. How many in here want to know the word of God more than you've ever known it before? I'm going to tap into everything I can so I can know this. But then God says, you are to be a living translation for me. God is saying to everybody in this section right here, everybody in this section right here and everybody over here, I don't care if this is your first time here or your last time here. If you're a child of God, you are to be a living translation for him. Period. Now, let's think about that for a moment. In other words, you are to be such... You know, you you would be such a person that people can look to you and they can understand what the gospel means. And I wrote it down. We are to translate by our lives the gospel message into the terms that can be easily understood by others. The unsaved world is not going to pick up a Bible. The people that you go to school with, the people that you work with, the people in your neighborhoods that aren't saved are not going to pick up a Bible. Most of them are not even going to come into a church because they're turned off. Because there's just as much squabbling they can have in their own homes and go to a church and hear it squabbling. But what they can do, they can read your life. When they go to work, when they go to school, when they go to the mall, when they go to a restaurant, and all of a sudden you don't get the food that you wanted, and it's not cooked in the manner that you think it should be cooked in, and the waitresses or servers have been slow, and all of a sudden you begin to, to act up. Or you go stand up for Jesus and you begin to, stoop out of, begin to speak out of the stupidity of your heart instead of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Dot, for what you said. I appreciate that. Because it, it's, it, it, you know, sometimes Christians have come across as being stupid. And it's their own stupid fault. Because God's promised to give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding and insight. Come on, y'all. 
So let me ask you this question. The people that you hang out with or the people who hang out with you that aren't saved, what are they reading? Preacher, this is getting a little too hard. It's a little, little bit too hard. But that's what Jesus said that you are. Because Paul said, read with me right now. You said, well, I've got to have some scripture verse on this. Paul said in chapter 3, he says, uh, I want you to go down here to verse 2. You are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministering to us, written not by ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on tables of flesh, that is, of the heart. Read that point again. Might as well. We are to translate by our lives the gospel of Jesus Christ into terms that can be easily understood by others. It's not enough any longer to say you're going to restoring hope. They need to look at your lives and have hope restored. They need to look at your lives, and by looking at your lives, have hope restored. The legitimacy of this church. <laughs> the legitimacy of this church isn't the man who stands behind the pulpit. Come on. The legitimacy of this ministry isn't the crowds that we have coming to it. I thank God you are here because I feel pretty bad just speaking to myself this morning. By the way, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that in our first two churches that we pastored. I just thank God for you all. It's, you know, it's just wonderful to be able to speak to somebody. But the legitimacy is not the person who stands behind the pulpit. It's not the music that's being played. It's not, it's not the attendance that's in this place. As much as, and I'm going to read this because I wrote it down. Okay? As much as it is the gospel being presented by those who are hearing the message. The legitimacy of this place is you. What proves this place to be authentic and not uh, a, a fake is the people who come in here Sunday after Sunday, they hear the word preached, and then they go out and they live it. It's not the number of healings. It's not the number of deliverances. It's the word of God being lived out by the people who hear the gospel Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We've got it all wrong. We've got people today who are going by the thousands, are going to churches to hear a man. By the thousands, going to hear a woman. Nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't prove legitimacy. What proves legitimacy is lives that have been changed and transformed by the power of God, so much in love with Jesus that they live it out when they leave this place.
Because the only time that you're going to be free from trials and the devil and, and the warring spirits, the only time you're ever going to be free from them is when you're gathered together in this place in Jesus' name. We've been casting demons out of the church for a long time. You don't need to cast demons out of the church. We are called to be the church to cast demons out of people who legitimately have them. To stand in the face of the enemy and say, you're not going there any longer. I stop you in the authority of the name Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. I'm not waiting for an evangelist. I'm not waiting for a prophet. I'm doing it myself as the temple of the Holy Spirit, as a servant of the living God. I stop you in Jesus' name. I think we might as well just come to the third point. Seems that's where we're at. Boy, I tell you, when God begins to speak to your heart and says, you know, Fred, you, you, you're all right, but you've got to change some things, and you've got people to get people to realize it's not so much... <sighs> Challenge me, big boy. Tell me something I've never heard. Tickle my spiritual fancy. <laughs> Knock me out in the spirit. Hallelujah. Let's have a lot of noise. Twelve tongues and twelve interpretations and thirty-five prophecies and all of that going on. That's wonderful. That's of God. But it ain't reaching a lost world. We can come in here Sunday after Sunday, Brother Jim, and have celebration service after celebration service. But it's not reaching a lost community. If all we ever do is celebrate people's healings and deliverances that are part of the body, that's good. But it's failing in reaching a world that's lost. And we've got to get away from thinking one man, one woman, two men, two women... Whatever stands behind here is, is, the, is what we need. We need to have an elaborate whatever. What we need is people who are hearing the gospel message, just simply living it out every day. Yesterday, it was my honor to, 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 to be in several places, and, and I tried to meet all my obligations the best that I possibly could do. And I was in, I was in a place yesterday morning, and and I, I, I was leaving, then I had to go and watch my grandson play ball, but I was leaving this, I was leaving, and one of the places I was in, I was in a hurry to get to another place. And, and I was in a hurry, and I was walking just like this, and out of the corner of my eye, I, this young person caught my eye. And I just looked like that, and it kept on going, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, turn around, I turned around. And here was a young man who wanted me to come up and see if I remembered who he was and to shake his hand. And so I went up to him, and I went up to him. Did, I didn't shake his hand. I did the fist thing, you know. Boom. Now, yeah. Being a little cool. No, be, being big cool. And I went up, and, and, and he said, I said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good, man. He said, but my mama's right over there. I said, okay. So I walked on. I said, well, I'm going to go over and, you know, I talked to him before. I went on over, and there his mama was. And I started talking with her, and then all of a sudden her brother shows up. And I said, oh, my Lord, Jesus. You know, all it was 
is taking the love of Jesus to people. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't hollering or spitting. I wasn't condemning them because of whatever. I just come and I showed them love. That meant an awful lot. <laughs> then I went to Joey's birthday party. By the way, it was Joey's birthday yesterday. He's 60. Old man. Uh, praise. But anyway, if you, you, if you haven't seen some of the pictures of this man when he was young, you need to see him. So it's a trip. Long-haired beard. He was cool. Yeah, yeah like, like Danny. I remember Danny was like that too. Yeah, both of them right there, you know, hippies. And some of you people don't, might not know what a hippie is, but those, those were hippies. And, 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 I, and I was there, and I went around, and I greeted everybody. But the thing that really impressed me is I went up, and, and I went up to, and I spent, I went up two or three times and spoke to Joey's daddy. And I've known him for a while. You know, and I was getting ready to leave, and I went up, and I said, I've got to go now. He says, you don't know what you have meant to me down through the years. Now, it's not because I've preached to him. But I've showed acceptance and love to him. You know, how, how are the world going to know that John, John... I said to myself, Fred, you've already, you've almost made it through without making a mistake. And there I go. How many people are ever going to know? How many people are real? How many people are ever going to know if John 3.16 is real unless they see it being lived out by your life? How is anybody ever going to know if John, 1 John 1, 8 and 9 is true? If we say we have not sinned, but deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us, but if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How are they ever going to know if that's true if they don't see it being proved by your life? How are they ever going to know the scripture verse in Isaiah? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our pieces upon him and by his stripes were healed. How are they ever going to know that if they don't see it lived out by our lives? How are they ever going to know if the scripture verse is really true? It says, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. If it's not lived out through our lives. I don't know how many Christians I've seen panic. Oh, they'll go around here. It's easy in here. Hallelujah. But then something hits their life that's not positive, and they'll go, where is my God? Well, he hasn't gone anywhere. How are they ever going to know if any of this stuff is true at all unless they see it lived out by us? Amen? You know, how are they ever going to see, you know, when you have a trial, how are they ever going to know whether you can become victorious unless they see you go through a trial and become victorious? What's point number three? I have it wrote down. Our lives are being shaped by the Holy Spirit every day. For those of you who didn't hear the message last week, I just want you to know you've got something with inside of you that God has placed within your heart. It's called springs of living water. And the Holy Spirit is shaping your life every day. Why is he doing that? The Holy Spirit is shaped. Where our lives are being shaped by the Holy Spirit in, in, every day in such a way that people can come to know Jesus through what they see. In us. I can hear you all day long. But I got to see what he's doing in you. And when I see what he's doing in you, I'll become a believer. Okay, let's stand.
I haven't forgot young people. This is not a this is not a spear of the moment thing with me. This is something that the Lord has been speaking to my heart now for for several weeks. I've even talked with Trevor about it, but I stand here Sunday after Sunday and I look at all of you all. By the way, they're not going to be the only group that I'm going to be having coming up here. This is the only group I'm having coming up here today. But uh, I've, been, I've been ministering to these young people for a long time, not just here, but I try to go into the youth room. I try to joke with some of them. Some of them are hard to joke with, but most of them are pretty well. Some people say, I don't know how to read you, Pastor. Well, don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Some of you are hard to read. But I've enjoyed them. They're a good group. They perfect. They're about as perfect as those who lead them. They're about as perfect as the parents that are raising them. They're about as perfect as the man who stands before them every Sunday. Say it again. Good point. Good point. Amen. All you young people, I love you all, with all of my heart. And if I seem sometimes to be a little hard, it's just that I don't want you to go through what I went through in the negative. But I want you to go and I want you to experience everything that I have experienced from the positive. From 17 or 18 years old, you say, well, do you not know which one? No, I don't. I was passing from one to the other, so I had to be passing from 17 into 18. But when I got saved, I'll tell you something right now, I started to journey. And I want you to hear this. I've never backslid. Have I sinned? Yes. But I've never backslid. I've never turned my back on God. I've never turned my back. On, yeah, that's back, you know. I've not done that. Have I, have I had moments of lukewarmness? I'm really not sure. Because I fell in love with Jesus. He literally cleansed my lips before my eyes. He changed my heart. And I've loved him, and I still love him. I often wonder whether I can relate to young people or not. I don't know. But I try. So I'm going to ask all of you who are junior high and senior high or college or whatever you are to come up here and just line up if you would. Just come on up here. If you don't come up here, I'm going to come back and get you. No, I'm not. I, I would never do that. I would never do that. Amen. Well, I just kind of line up across it because I think, I think if you no, no, go this way. There we go. Just kind of flow that way. Go flow. Hallelujah. Wow. Oh, come on, y'all. This is not awesome. Wow. Uh, can can you just move a little bit more? Because we're crowded up in that corner. Just keep, yeah, come on. Just okay. Everybody, take two steps to your right. Come on, be obedient. It's good looking. Good, 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 good looking group, is it not? Hallelujah. I don't know how much oral we have, but could someone see if we can find some oil around here and just kind of dab a little bit on each one of them? 
give it to Trevor there. Matthew, come down here, buddy. You work with these kids. Come on down here, man. Don't hurry. <laughs> here, you start on the other end. Just, you can roll it on their heads. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's the neat thing about it. Hallelujah. Just go ahead. Just start from here and just kind of roll away. Hallelujah. Jesus. This is serious now. I know that I'm joking around, but it's serious. As soon as you've got some anointing oil on you, I want you to turn around and face me. Would you girls just kind of walk up here so I can see all of you? Just kind of walk right up through here. We won't, we won't, we won't embarrass you guys because I don't want anybody in behind here. Just walk up there because these guys wouldn't move over, so you have no choice but to do that. Let this young man in here, please. Wow. who's part of the youth team, but all of you who are part of the youth team, if you'd come on down here, whoever's part of the youth team. Matthew, if you just could kind of go over here. I don't want to embarrass any young person that's down here. I really do not want, that's not my intent in doing that. And I, I don't even know where you are right now in your relationship with Jesus. All I know this right now, it's worth everything. It's worth everything. I don't know what the enemy's doing in some of your lives, but I do know what he's doing in some of your lives. But I want to tell you something right now from a man who got saved a little bit older than some of you are, but yet got saved came from a difficult situation and different things like this but I never look back at my situation I never look back at my mom and my daddy and all of that I've always looked forward to Jesus he's the only one that's ever loved me I never did everything right after I got saved but I tell you right now the desire in my heart was to serve him more than anything else in this world I'm going to ask you if you just kind of step back so I can just come by I just want to lay hands on you I'm not going to spend a lot of time praying for you but I just want to come by and and let Jesus touch you through me today. Amen? Is that all right? I don't want you to look at it as this is Pastor Morris and some old dude. But I just want my hands to be the hands of Jesus touching you this morning. As I walk down through here, and I'm going to tell you this right now, families and friends. As I walk down through here, I've been looking into some eyes, and I, and I, and I see some people who really are hungry for Jesus. I see some people right now who are scared to death. I see some people right now who are struggling and they've got a mask on, you know, because they don't want anybody to know the struggle they're going through. I want you to know something right now. God knows. He knows the struggle that you're going through. I'm speaking from experience. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus as these young people are standing here, God, 
my goal and my purpose is not to embarrass them. My goal and my purpose, oh God, is only, God, to give you an opportunity to touch them. God, I pray that, God, that you would give me impartation today in the sense that when I put my hands upon them, that you would impart to these young people exactly what they need in their life. Because, God, I don't know. I know that there are some down here who are struggling whether God is real or not. And I pray that, God, that you would just reveal it to them. There are those who want to be accepted, God, and I pray that, God, that you would just give them that. There are those who need comfort. There are those who need peace. There are those who need joy. There are those who need rest. There are those who need comfort. I pray that whatever they need today, that in the name of Jesus, as I place my hand upon them, O oh God, that you would do it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'll start when God tells me to start. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, some of you have been searching. Some of you have been searching. And I'm praying that God would, would, would manifest himself in you in such a way that it would end your search. In the name of Jesus. Some of you right now need to be loved like you've, you're, you're desiring that. And God wants to do that for you this morning. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. Where's the oil? Throw one up here, buddy. I can catch it. Father, right now, God, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, God, in Jesus' name, God, I just lay my hand upon this young man, God, and just praying that you would impart to him that which he needs in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just lay my hand upon this young lady, and I pray that you would impart to her that which she needs right now in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. God, right now, God, I just lay my hand upon this young man. And I pray that you would impart unto him that which he needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, Father, in the name of the Lord, I just pray right now that, God, as I lay my hand upon this young man, that you would begin to impart, God, that which he needs. You know exactly what he needs, God. I just want to be that, that tool and that instrument. Right now, in the name of Jesus, upon this young lady, God, I just pray right now that you would impart to her that which she needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would impart right now, God, upon this young lady, God, that which she needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah, in the name of the Lord. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now that you would impart to this young man, God, that which he needs, God. You've seen the searching of his heart, God, and I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that, God, that you would just impart to this young man that which he needs, oh God, right now in the name of the Lord. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just impart to this young man, God, that which he needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray that, God, right now, God, oh, be receptive to a people. Hallelujah, right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, God, I pray right now, God, for this 
young lady, God, that you would just impart to her, God, that which she needs from you right now in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Many of you, God has seen you crying out, and he's trying to minister to you this morning right now in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you would impart to this young lady, God, that which she desperately needs, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, God. I just pray right now for this young lady that you would just impart, God, to her, God, that which she needs, God. You know exactly what it is, Lord. God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I just lay my hand upon this young lady, and I pray that you would impart that which she needs right now in Jesus' name, God. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would impart, God, hallelujah, to this young lady, God, that which she needs right now in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would impart, oh God, to this young lady, God, that which she needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would impart to this young lady, God, this what she needs in her heart, God, in her life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, God, for this young lady, God, I just pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would just impart to her that which she needs, God, in Jesus' name. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you would impart, God, that which they need right now, she needs right now, God, in her life, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now, God, for this young lady, God, that you would just impart to her, God, that which she, amen, God, that which she needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus. God, to this young man, God, hallelujah. I just pray that you would impart, God, right now, that which he needs in his life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you, would you, those of you who have prayed, would you just begin to praise him? Would you do that right now? It's important. I think you're waiting for a goosebump, and God just wants you to receive what he's given to you this morning. Amen. Would you do that right now in the name of Jesus, God, right now in the name of the Lord? I just pray right now that, God, that you would just impart, God, oh, yes, God, impart to this young man, God, that which he needs in his life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray right now, God, in the name of the Lord, that, God, that you would just impart, oh, God, right now, right, what's needed in this young man's life, God, right now. You know, Lord Jesus, and I pray that right now. Father, right now, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would impart, God, to this young man that which he desperately needs in his life. I just pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray right now that in the name of Jesus that you would just impart to him, oh God, that which he needs. God, right now in the name of the Lord, God, you, you called us here today to do this, God, and we're doing it. We'll walk in obedience to you. Right now, God, to this young man, I just pray that you would just impart to him that which he needs right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Those you've been prayed for, raise your hands and begin to praise him and just say, God, I receive that which I need this morning. Oh, God, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now that you would impart, oh, God, to this young lady that which she needs in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that, God, that you would just begin to impart, oh, God, to this young lady that which she needs in the name of Jesus. God, I just pray that, God, right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, right now in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, I just pray that you would impart, O oh God, to this young lady that what she needs right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, right now in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. I just pray that you would impart right now, God, to this young lady that what she needs right now in the name of the Lord. God, I pray that right now in Jesus' name. God, I just pray right now in the name of the Lord that you would just impart, O oh God. Oh, hallelujah. God, impart right now, God, that which they need in their life, in her life, God, right now, in the name of Jesus. God, to this young man, God, I just pray. That, oh, God, I just pray right now that you would impart to his life that which he needs, oh, God, right now. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I just pray right now that in the name of Jesus that you would impart into this young man's life that which he desperately needs right now. In the name of the Lord, I pray. Hallelujah. 
Father, I just pray right now that in the name of the Lord that you would just impart, oh God, that which is needed in this young man's life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray right now in the name of the Lord that you would just impart, God, into his life that which he needs. God, I just claim it, God, right now in the name of Jesus. God, you've seen his heart crying out. God, I pray that in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now. I pray right now that, God, that you would impart into this young man's life, God, that which he needs, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that you would impart to this young man that which he needs, God, in his life, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that in the name of the Lord that you would just impart, oh God, to this young man, that God, that what he needs in his life, God, right now in Jesus' name. Father, I just come right now in the name of Jesus, and I just pray that you would impart to him and into his life that which he needs, oh God, from you right now today. From this young man, God, I just pray the same thing, God, that you would just impart to him, God, that which he needs in the name of Jesus. Oh God, right now in the name of the Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just impart, oh God, into her heart and her life that which she needs from you today, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I just pray right now that in the name of Jesus that you would impart this, oh God, into her heart and her life, that which she needs from you today, God. And right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray these things, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, that you would impart this, oh God, into his life. Hallelujah, Lord. What happened, Fred, when you was going through here? I saw some people that were receptive, and I saw some people who were not. But I got news for you that whatever I spoke from my lips, God is going to do. Some of you were waiting, some of you were honestly waiting for a feeling and a goosebump. But those of you who agreed with me, hang on. God is going to reveal himself to you in a special way. I don't know how many of you real, well I do, I do. I almost told another fib. Some of you have been searching for a long time. And you've been hungry for a long time. God brought you here this morning so that you could have someone who would agree with you. If you will stand in agreement with me. Okay, y'all look at me now. If you will stand in agreement with me, God's going to begin to reveal himself to you. Maybe not right now, but maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. But he's going to begin to manifest himself to you in real ways. To you who are hungry, he's going to satisfy. He's going to satisfy. to satisfy in the name of Jesus. He really is. He really is. Lord Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that I've had this morning to preach your word. Thank you, God, that you have given me this opportunity to preach a message called the Living Translation. And God, right now, I took out a certain group of people because you've had them on my heart and I prayed with them and this is not going to be the last time that we'll do this for them. Because God, I appreciate each one of them, God. I thank you, God, for their youthfulness. I thank you, God, for their young age. And I thank you that, God, that we're not going to wait till tomorrow for you to use them. But you said that in the last days that you would pour out your spirit, oh, God, upon all flesh. And, God, that our young people, God, are going to be able to have dreams and visions also, God. But you're going to cause, you, you're going to cause them to prophesy through you, God. And I thank you for that, God. Some of them in here, oh, God, 
that they, they were waiting for a feeling, but right now when I went and I started talking with them, they began to realize that when I imparted something to them, if they will agree with me with that, then you're going to begin to manifest it to them in a very special way. Thank you for that, God. Help us, God, as we leave this building today to go with the joy of the Lord. God, help us to realize that we've got so much in us that the world is looking to see. Help us, O oh God, to be a living translation to the people, God, that we come in contact with. In your name we pray, and everybody says together, amen. Don't forget Bible, uh, Bible, a bridal shower today from 3 to 5, and in fellowship at 6 o'clock tonight.